Today's show is brought to you by My Poshmark Closet. Everybody, if you really want to save money in the new year, the year of profit, go over to My Poshmark Closet. I have high-end designer goods at bargain prices. I also have pre-loved shoes, clothing, handbags, accessories, jewelry, makeup, anything that you need. You can get it on Poshmark, so go to my closet. And you can shop by brand, by what if you want dresses, purses. It's so easy to use. Yep, just pick your size, your color you're looking for, the category, and it will bring up all of the beautiful items I have for sale. And you can also follow me on Instagram because I do post um, pictures of my new items there as well and some really funny, funny memes. The link will be in the show notes or go to our website and just below the play button, you will see a link to Jen's Poshmark Closet. But guys, thanks for supporting the closet. Thanks for supporting the show. And let's get on with our new guest. All right. Welcome to Two 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 Paranormal Podcast with your host Jen and Joe. Welcome everybody to the show. We missed you. How was your week? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. What's everybody up to, Joe? What are you up to? Oh, nothing. Just getting all kinds of things ready for this giant snowstorm we're supposed I to have. Oh, it's coming up, guys. Be prepared. Yes, you'll be trapped in your house with some ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> At least I will. Yeah. <laughs> but on today's show, we have a great guest. We have Mr. Robert Riggy. Robert has been a psychic medium from an early age, and combined with over his 35 years of forensic science where he was included actually in the Ted Bundy case. And he actually got a chance to talk to Ted Bundy. He was a criminal profiler um, until he retired, and he went face-to-face with Ted Bundy, guys. But now he spends his time traveling the country helping the homeless, and he also travels to various reservations and works with tribal elders. Also, he spends his time helping children in hospice to learn about their next journey in their lives. And he works with um, kids with abilities to help them develop their abilities. Yes. He's amazing. And we're so happy to have him on the show today. So welcome to the show, Robert Riggy. We appreciate you being here today. Thank you so very much. Yes. I've been looking forward to this podcast so very, very much. So thank you. I appreciate yes. it. It's an honor to have you on. Yes. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Well, thank you much you know my story is like anyone's journey it's our own personal journey within the paranormal field Mm -hmm. and been a hell of a ride and i'm (laughs) not finished there's so much more that i want to learn so much more that i want to experience though you know my first experience within the paranormal field started when i was four years old so young and I just turned 67 Thanksgiving week. Awesome. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so very, very much. Thank you. Okay. It's very, very important for me to share my journey with our brothers and sisters who may be scared, frightened to come out of the paranormal closet, mm-hmm. as I say. Yeah. And so if I can be of any assistance to them, to come out of the paranormal closet, to embrace their abilities if they have them or not. Don't be scared to embrace them. Don't be scared to talk about them, uh, about abilities, or talk about even your own interests within the paranormal field. Mm -hmm. I understand culturally in some areas of the United States, if if one's tradition is very, very uh, conservative Christian, uh, they may be shying away from the paranormal mm-hmm. and such like that. Uh, so I'm here to help anyone who needs assistance. It's very, very important to me um, to help our brothers and sisters in need. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. Well, let's... And so like, I... go ahead. Oh, go I was ahead. going, What's this, for our listeners, let's go back and, and start your journey. Your Your first experience, you said you were four years old. What was your upbringing? Were you um, raised a certain religion? Did you have certain beliefs about the paranormal in your household? Okay, okay. I was okay. I am uh, Spanish Italian. Mm-hmm. My father was born in Italy. My mom was born in Spain. So coming from that rich spirituality, 
it's, it's very, very important to me in the traditions and such. I am Roman Catholic, and my spirituality is based upon my Roman Catholicism. Um, also that I am very transparent in who I am and what I do. I always tell folks that I'm gay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want people to feel comfortable with me. Okay. And so, but again, being gay doesn't define who I am. My heart does. Being a psychic medium doesn't define who I am. My heart defines who I am. Okay. Being Spanish and Italian is the same thing. Um, but it's just, it's just very, very important for me to be very transparent um, so my brothers and sisters will feel comfortable with me and vice versa. So my first experience is when I was four years old and I, at this very moment, I am in Peoria, Illinois, but I do travel all over the United States and I volunteer, um, at a lot of, uh, places, homeless shelters, soup kitchens, such like that from last January until the third week in, uh, May of last year, I was in New Mexico volunteering at a homeless shelter and soup kitchen, um, working with, volunteering with our Native American um, Navajo brothers and sisters. And so traveling around and assisting our brothers and sisters in need is very, very important to me. Very, very important. The paranormal life is important to me, yes, but it's only five, maybe 10% of my life. I have other things to do also, mm -hmm. okay? So my first experience is when I was four years old, I was born in 54, so this was 1958, okay? Yeah. And I remember waking up at three. I remember the time, like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. But back then, I was four years old, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I didn't know what the damn It was probably 2.22 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I had no idea. All I know is, all, all I knew, I had to go pee. Yeah. So I got, got, up, of my, got up of my out of my little bed. And I went to the bathroom, and that's where I saw my first ghost. Oh, I don't gosh. use that term anymore, no. ghost. I use spirit. But at four years old, you know, you know, I used to watch cartoons and Casper the Friendly Ghost mm -hmm. and everything like that. And so I saw my first ghost. And I was not scared. No. Not scared at all. Wow. And the person who I saw in a full-body apparition was Abraham Lincoln. Oh, wow. Wow. Amazing. And coming from the state of Illinois, the land of Lincoln. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Correct. Excuse me. And, um, but, but, but like I said, I wasn't scared. I remember him just like I am there this very moment back then. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was smiling at me. Mm -hmm. We were like, he was talking to me. I could not hear, I could not see his, his lips move. But he was, he was communicating to me. I didn't understand it being four years old, mm -hmm. but I, I knew, I kind of knew what he was saying. And he, but he kept smiling and nodding his head. And before I knew it, it was over. Hmm. So I went to the bathroom. And but later on, as I thought about my first experience, it was an affirmation from Abe Lincoln telling me that of of my gifts and my abilities and he was nodding his head yes robert you do have these wow, you don't amazing. you don't understand it now but you will mm -hmm. so i knocked on my parents door and they thought i was you know sick yeah. i said don't. i said no mama i just you know i had to go pee and i saw abe lincoln <laughs> and my <laughs> you know, and my father said, "Oh, brother," and uh, but <laughs> but anyhow, and so then, so then my father and mother said, "Crawl into bed with us, and we'll talk about it later." Okay, and talk about it. We did. Mm -hmm. Hours later, my uh, my Spanish mother called my Italian grandmother Nona in Italian mm -hmm. about what I experienced. So we went to my Italian Nona's house. And my Italian grandmother had a very, very good friend um, that she knew that, um, in fact, they came over from Italy together as of my father and 14 of his brothers and sisters, okay? And, and so I remember that we got in the car and that we went to my Nona's friend. And I, I was real excited about going. I was I was looking forward to cookies and everything like that, <laughs> right? Like the four-year-old kid would. Well, when we got there, it took about 15, 20 minutes to get there. 
again, this is 1958, okay? Went to the house and I could feel some, I don't know where this energy was coming from. I, you know, I never, I never understood it, right? And when the lady opened the door, she looked like she was 3,000 years old. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was gray hair, wrinkled, mm -hmm. but a beautiful spirit, as I remember. She smiled at me and said she just grabbed my chubby Italian <laughs> and everything. And I remember she put her head, her hand on top of my head. I could feel her energy. Oh, wow. You could feel mine. And she said in Italian, I speak Italian and Spanish together. Okay. But anyhow, but anyhow, but but in Italian, she told my Nona that I was gifted, that I have all these natural gifts. And my Italian mother. I mean, my Spanish mother understood and my Italian grandmother understood, but I didn't know what they were talking about gifts. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I didn't have any presents with me at all. You know, I made nothing. So. <laughs> right. But anyhow, anyhow we, had cookie, we had, I had cookies and milk and such like that. And we were there for about 45 minutes and then we left. I, I never did see this wonderful, wonderful woman again, mm -hmm. except, except at her funeral years later. Oh, wow. And and so that started me on the paranormal and my paranormal journey. And again, my brothers and sisters who are listening to this, <clears throat> that that was 1958. Now, prior to that, 50 years prior to that, that people were having seances, tea leaves, tipping tables, you know, and such like yeah. that, right? But during the late 50s and 60s, it was really taboo. Yeah. You didn't talk about you know, culturally here in the United States, we were changing. There was a civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. There was gay rights, such like that. Um, equal rights amendment for women later on and such like that. Um, so things were in the Vietnam War, Vietnam conflict was going on. Uh, Kent State, if you remember Kent State, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, what happened to our brothers and sisters that were shot by the National Guard. Uh, and so our black brothers and sisters in the south being water cannons on them dogs attacking them and such so culturally in our society was changing and so my parents always said never talk about it out of the family mm -hmm. you know i have 72 first um italian cousins so i got to talk about <laughs> it all the my cousins oh, right um, but uh but anyhow but and so i went to a catholic school but during that time I saw all sports. I saw all sports, child spirits, adults. I mean, spirits, ghosts, whatever you want to call them back then. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to do. I couldn't talk about it except with my family. I didn't know how to turn it on and off yet. Yeah. Okay. But I remember in sixth grade, like I said, I went to a Catholic school and my, and my Roman Catholicism is very important to me. That's, that's how my my spirituality is based upon my Roman Catholicism. I don't try to convert anyone to anything. Hell, I don't care what people believe in. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter to me, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, so to each his own. Mm -hmm. And then I respect other ones' uh, religious or spiritual beliefs. Okay? and But anyhow, I was in sixth grade, and all at once, I couldn't take the spirits i remember looking out the window and oh my god and anyhow so i started to wave at him i didn't think about that right and i started waving sister goes i went to catholic school sister goes mr riggy who are you at i thought oh lord i'm in for it now I should have kept my mouth. here comes the ruler <laughs> yeah oh my god she came down and she slapped the shit out of me i couldn't i couldn't believe that oh my god and and what happened to me then, I began to stutter right after that incident oh. situation because I began to stuff. I couldn't talk to my friends about it. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. granted, I had all those cousins and such like that, but it's different. We need to have friends our own age and, you know, and not mm -hmm. family members, right? And I thought to my, and so I started to stutter terribly. And I thought to myself, I have to, I need help. How am I gonna? How am I going to get away from? Not away from it. I, well, at the time, I thought I'd get away from mm -hmm. it completely. Good, mm -hmm. 
And but I needed to learn how to turn it on and off. And the next day, by the grace of God or and or the universe, something resonated with me in the morning. Sister said, everyone opened their books and we're going to read. And it is a journey. I thought, oh my God, even in sixth grade, it was like that resonated with me. Okay. I'm on a journey. I see these ghosts and these spirits. My Nona, Italian Nona has told me, and so has my mom and dad, that it is a journey, okay? And so it resonated with me. If I opened the book to the spirit world, and then it would be open, right? But then I thought, how am I going to close it? How am I going to, you know, in my mind, I thought, how? granted, it's opened, okay, but how am I going to stop it or at least close it for a period of time? And at the end of their reading lesson, sister said, close your books. Yeah. And that's what I, that's yeah. what I need to hear. I needed to hear that. So that's how I learned to open to the spirit world and then close it, open the book and close yeah. the book. It's almost like the spirit actually intervened to help you with that. Cause oh, I mean, you know too, but how many kids that we hear are, have psychic abilities or gifts or whatever you want to call it, and they don't know what to do. You had a great, great thing happen to you where the spirits, I feel, showed mm-hmm. you how to do it. Yeah. Very much so. And mm-hmm. you're very, very correct, sir. Very correct. In fact, I have two angels that would have been with me uh, before I was born. Angelina is a little baby angel, mm-hmm. and the other one is uh, Raphael the Archangel. Mm-hmm. And Raphael is God's medicine to love. Now, I don't talk about this much, but I am adopted, mm-hmm. and my name is Raphael. Wow. I did not. Wow. Okay, and that's a whole different story, yeah. too, um, how this little girl gave up her life so I would be adopted. Yeah. It was fascinating to, do that. Now, to go back, so that, going go back, um, when you first saw Lincoln, did, did you have previous um, knowledge of him before that, or did he— when he showed well, himself every, to you, did he say, I'm Lincoln or how? No, everyone from the state of Illinois, because the motto here in Illinois is land of Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when I was little, we had Lincoln logs. Oh. And on, on okay. And on the box that had Abraham Lincoln's okay. picture in it okay, and such like that. Everyone in Illinois during that time had a picture of Abe Lincoln. That and JFK. <laughs> like and a you, law. You yeah. That, right. And so I, I, you know, I think that it, Everything I, what I believe that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. I knew of Abe Lincoln even at that young age, so I felt very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And by nodding, when he was nodding and smiling at me, like I said, later on I understand that was a validation in the um, in the abilities and gifts that I had. So by learning how to turn it on and off, that's why to this day I am mentoring 15 children of mm-hmm. the paranormal. Oh. That's great. I've taught these beautiful children how to turn it on and how to turn it off by using a book. Yeah. And several years ago, I was talking, you know, when I first got, when I first began to do these, um, there was no podcast. Everything was done radio wise. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, so I did, I did a radio program, not thinking that nothing was going to come out of it. Right. And it did. It really blossomed that some of these parents across the country uh, were listening and they heard of my experience and they had reached out to me uh, because they had no idea what was going on with their children whatsoever. So that's why to this day that I mentor 15 children of the paranormal. And, you know, and again, that, that it is important to me because at this very moment, statistically, Every 16 seconds, a child, a young adolescent, is contemplating suicide because they do not know how to handle what is going on. They don't have anyone to go to. And that just breaks my heart terribly, terribly. Some of the children who I've met, um, several of them attempted suicide because they didn't know what to do. God bless their parents. They didn't know what to do with them. You yeah. know what I mean? They didn't know if they should take them to a psychiatrist. Are they crazy? And those types of things, right? And the other and two other children, 
they began to self-mutilate themselves mm -hmm. because they did not know what to do. And so by these parents hearing me, they reached out to me and such like that. Prior to COVID, we were meeting several times a year, okay? Mm -hmm. And with these children and sharing my experiences with them, also letting their parents know that, no, these children are not psychiatrically ill. And if I thought that they were, I would take them immediately, mm -hmm. you know, to a child psychologist or to a child psychiatrist, right? These children are not psychiatrically ill. Let me go back. Mm -hmm. I also have a master's degree in forensic psychology and clinical social work from the University of Florida. And I was a criminal profiler for 30 plus years. And in 1980, I interviewed Ted Bundy and such like that myself and four other psychologists did January 24th in 1989, which we just, his, his anniversary of his execution was just two days ago and such. Oh. And there also the day that he was executed. Oh. My part talking to Bundy was because he had alluded in several other pod, in several interviews about getting into the dark side. And so that's what I wanted. I wanted to, I wanted to investigate that more. Okay. And, uh, but just being in the same room, five feet away from room, there were no bars. There were, uh, there were no shields between us. We, we sat five feet from him. He was shackled in a chair, uh, but just being in the same room with evil, total evil. Yeah. And, and again, when I talk about Ted Bundy, it isn't to glorify what the bastard did. It is telling the stories of these innocent women. Some were decapitated. Others were cannibalized, horrible things. The youngest person, female that he murdered, was 12 years old. Oh, my goodness. You know. Do, and, uh, do you feel, go ahead. Do you feel that was this his free will to do this, or was he possessed by something? Very, very good question. Yeah. yeah. There, is, there is a fine line between possession and someone being psychiatrically ill. Yeah. Schizophrenic was a was he psychotic? Maybe we can do this for another story to talk about what he did and what happened sure. to him that got him down into the abyss. Okay? And do I believe that children are born possessed? No, I do not. Mm -hmm. But I believe that things come within our lives, nature and nurture both, okay? Mm -hmm. And happen. And when things happen at a very young age and when you become stigmatized, you start going down this rabbit hole terribly. Yeah. And I'm not justifying what he did to these innocent women and this young girl. Not at all. Mm -hmm. Not at all. So we can go into that, uh, you know, another time yeah. because it is fascinating. Okay. You, know, pe you know, people want to hear about Ted Bundy. And yeah. I know that I'm going to be less and less talking about it. Yeah. It's only been a couple of years that I've really talked about interviewing Ted Bundy. And just recently, it has been even in more detail than I ever have done before. And, um, but, but again, and so that's one thing that I did in 1980, interviewed Ted Bundy with myself and four other psychologists, and that's the only story, like I said. Now, it's all go ahead. I'm sorry, you, go ahead. When you interviewed him, being a psychic, did you see any entities around him? Oh, or, I could let you know, or you and save I, that for another show. Save it for the part two. <laughs> you, you and I can talk. I, you can you and I could talk about that, or we could talk about that uh, for hours. Okay, but it's just a that 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 if I'm going to be talking about Ted, I want the complete story okay. to be told. Sure. Yeah, that's is awesome. That okay? Is that okay? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, when you know in the years that you have um, used your, do you call them abilities or gifts or what? What terminology do you like to use about what you possess? I I call them gifts, okay. abilities. Some people uh, don't like treasures. it. Sometimes gifts. I call them treasures. <laughs> mm -hmm. I call them treasures sometimes. Yeah. So 
when you know you're just out and about so you're just going to walmart to go shopping or something are you picking up um oh, honey, you know feelings well listen, <laughs> listen honey, i don't mean any disrespect when i call you honey okay <laughs> no i love it <laughs> okay okay Listen, I don't go to Walmart because of all those damn psychic vampires. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. I no, no. I stopped going a long time ago. My God, those vampires will suck you dry. Mm -hmm. Really, it, it's horrible. God bless them. Yeah. I know people have to stop there. People work there, and God bless them. Yeah. But boy, I don't go anymore at all. New, no, so, I stay away. But how do you there. how do you protect yourself from? Um, you know, maybe something that is out there that is on the negative side, knowing that you have this ability to, to channel or, or to bring mm -hmm. through or talk to spirit. I mean, what mm -hmm. do you do to protect yourself so you don't have something either following you or are trying to attach to you or use you as, you know, a conduit to, to get out into right. the world? Right. Well, being Roman Catholic, we hear that Jesus is called the light in the darkness. Mm -hmm learned early on in catholic school again it's my spirituality okay yeah. is that i cover myself with white light the white mm -hmm. light of jesus in the book of saint john he calls jesus the light in the darkness not the darkness of the night yeah the dark evil one so i cover myself up daily okay daily with white light to protect myself okay. and i meditate i meditate which is very very important to me just recently, I have begun speaking about that I was a Benedictine brother in a monastery for five years. Really? So that spirituality is very, very important to me. So I, lear I learned interior prayer from Mother Teresa of Calcutta. I met her three times. Oh, my goodness. Was she as you know, tiny as everybody says she was? <laughs> oh, yeah. She's real tiny, but big hands. Oh, my God. She has huge <laughs> hands. And how I met her just briefly, um, that I was down in South Beach. I was working as a criminal profiler. And that, okay, so this was in the 80s. And AIDS, it was a horrible epidemic of AIDS. And Mother Teresa was seeing how our government, how our culture was just throwing our brothers and sisters really away, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so she started the first um, hospice in Florida. Oh, and so day that was very important to me to volunteer you know to help our brothers and sisters in need mm -hmm. and several times when i was there she was there and so i got to meet her and so learning about learning to go into interior prayer and she goes robert you talk too much shut your mouth she said shut your mouth you know but but she meant it but she said it very lovingly okay she goes robert you need to get in touch i told her that i was a psychic medium and such like that she had no qualms with that. She had no qualms that I was gay whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You know, she said, Robert, you need to, we all need to shut our mouths so we could listen to the spirit, listen to your own spirit and listen to the spirit of God. Because what happens with technology, we lose ourselves completely. We're busy doing other things. We don't get in touch with ourselves. And when we don't get in touch with ourselves, we begin to lose ourselves very much sure. so 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 i learned i learned interior prayer i learned to meditate i do it now uh probably a half an hour in the mornings when it's very and i don't sleep well most psychic mediums don't sleep well and i don't mm -hmm. so usually by 3 30 4 o'clock in the morning and such like that and during that quiet time that i meditate that i meditate of what god or the universe has planned for me mm -hmm. that day day and such like that and to always know that i am my own best friend okay and we need to embrace the child inside of us we need to embrace who we are we need to embrace that god has what god has created us to be not what other people want us to be mm -hmm. but what has planned for us to be that's amazing and, go ahead well i was just gonna say you know that you met a living saint. How many people can say that? That you met oh, Mother Teresa? That's incredible. Millions of, millions of people can say that. <laughs> she she was just so lovely. And I met her two other times. Yeah. And and like I said, that I do a lot of volunteer work in like January first until the third week in May or so. Mm -hmm. I was 
working with the missionaries of charity, the religious order that she started. And I was volunteering um, in New Mexico in a homeless shelter and soup kitchen for our Navajo brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, I met some wonderful Native American shamans. Mm -hmm. And that's her story of also of how how they taught me about Bigfoot, taught me about skinwalkers Mm -hmm. and also that was fascinating yeah yeah it's so amazing um the you know being able to learn different cultures and their spirituality and and Mm -hmm. how they relate you know to the to the earth and the other side Mm -hmm. Um, yeah that's what i I was going to ask you how yeah tell us about bigfoot (laughs) i was going to ask you how your beliefs meshed with theirs yeah beautifully yeah beautifully you know, we all have our own spirituality and our own traditions that mm-hmm. come from our families, that can come from a society, the, the church or the faith that we belong to. And I've never had any qualms. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they meshed very, very well, very well. You know, you know, the, my Catholic, not my Catholic church, but in the Catholic church, they use a lot of incense, right? Mm-hmm. In the Catholic churches where there is a large, a large uh, number of Native Americans, they use sage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't sense they use sage and everything and so it was wonderful it it really is and i know some people goes robert you know the catholic church or the christian church you know you being gay in a psychic medium uh, how do i how do i live within that and i find no qualms with no. it no the church no. is about love right 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 you know and god doesn't make junk no. god right. has never made junk and he continues not to make junk I am a brother and sister. I'm not greater or less than anyone else mm-hmm. in the world. You are I made in his image, right? Image and likeness. That's yeah. very true. Mm-hmm. I fall short of the glory of God. Oh, my God, I do every day, every <laughs> day, you know? So, and so go ahead. Um, one problem that we have a lot, too, and I wanted to ask you this, is we go out, and when we mention that we're into the paranormal, and to us, the paranormal is everything. Yeah. It's not ghosts it's not demons it's not bigfoot it's not chupacabra it's everything and mm-hmm. i wanted to ask you if you had when you mentioned that you're a psychic and that have you ever had someone say I-, I don't believe in that i'm a christian only from the most conservative of christian churches mm-hmm. like hostel um, some baptist churches and such like that within my own roman catholicism and the orthodox christians in the world they're very open to that Mm -hmm. they're very open to that i've never had my pastor here in peoria my catholic priest knows knows who i am and what i do Mm -hmm. um in new mexico they know what i do i told them and they were very open to that very very open in fact there is a group of catholic sisters that are reeking masters oh oh wow that's so interesting they're very quiet about it, of course, yeah. um, but, but, um, but anyhow, they have assisted a lot of people who needed their assistance. Yeah. And so again, again, my journey is to help, to help people, mm-hmm. to help our sisters in need. And that's why I'm mentoring these, you know, children and such, yeah. you know, and it's very important to me. And uh, go ahead. Do you feel, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Do you feel like there has been a, a large shift in the way that people are now because of the TV shows and the podcasts and, and the radio shows are more open to understanding the other side, understanding things unexplained, understanding things that maybe the Vatican hid away from us or, or the government as they didn't um, do that. They no. did not <laughs> tell us Bigfoot is not real. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, do you feel like, you know, people are really opening up their conscience of um, yep. being able to think more Except. about what's on the other side instead of just here and now. Right. I think part of the situation is that here in this country, everything is cyclical. Everything, mm-hmm. everything they go from one extreme to another. Many years ago, domestic violence was never talked about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now our culture has changed completely. 
it goes from one extreme to the other, right? Yeah. When it comes to drugs and children and adolescents and just drugs out there and such, our country goes from, you know, say no to drugs, all these, all these um, hospitals popped open, mm -hmm. drug centers open, and before you know it, five years later, it wasn't the fad anymore. Yeah. And they all, right? And so when it comes to the paranormal, like I said, 50 years ago, you know, tipping tables and all sorts of things back in the 40s and 50s and powder games and such like that, right? And then all at once, all at once, culturally, it, it just was taboo, right? And so at this very moment, uh, because of some of the shows, uh, some of the shows just drive me nuts. Oh, my God. <laughs> me too. Oh, my God. I can't. St I, you know what? I watched them in the very beginning. I was fascinated by them. But then it got to the point where I was ready to put hot pokers in my eyes. <laughs> I, couldn't I couldn't take it anymore. And also, when you know, my brothers and sisters who are listening to this, the paranormal field is not an absolute science. Right. A hundred psychics and a hundred mediums in the same damn room, they will experience totally something yeah. different from each other, right? Mm -hmm. Okay? I believe that we're supposed to experience what we're supposed to experience, okay? And when I see on these shows, oh, God, like I said, I'm ready to put hot pokers <laughs> in my eyes and my ears. Oh, please. But anyhow, when I hear, when I see someone say their, they say their name, and then underneath it says expert. Oh yeah, my hind end. <laughs> there is no expert. My God, like I said, you know, oh, when I see these people, oh, EVP expert. Oh, kiss my patoot, please. <laughs> Child, you are speaking my language right now because I get so fired up about these people calling themselves experts. Yeah, and it's just like, you know what? Or anything I ologist. Believe... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a paranormal ologist. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually what? a certified paratwerkologist. Yeah, That's totally. what I am. Yeah. <laughs> paratwerking. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. Um, one thing about EVPs is that each person, I, from my own experience, that someone may hear something, mm -hmm. somebody will hear something else. And whatever they hear, they're supposed to hear themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, and, you know, I mean, God bless these people, you know, the teams that have all this equipment. It drives me nuts. I can't even use this damn phone. <laughs> uh, you really is true. But when it comes to technology, the dead talk to me, yes. Do I see things psychically? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. But when it comes to technology, Oh, hell. When it comes to StreamYard, oh, my God, that even fascinates me how that works. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but uh, anyhow, so I, I understand that people have use, use different machines and mm -hmm. such. Mm -hmm. I don't have to like a lot of other psychic mediums or empaths or intuitives because we just pick these things up naturally. And I, and I truly believe that the best way to experience their paranormal is naturally. That's, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was just going to say. Yeah, for sure. And, and so when it comes to our culture, at this very moment, it's okay to be in the paranormal, this and that, but maybe 50 years from now, maybe we, it will be totally different. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. But so there's a lot of other things that I do. And, and with, uh, you know, with the children of the paranormal who are very close to my heart. Mm -hmm. And also that, um, that I volunteer at a hospice with children um, who are ready to live the, leave this earthly dimension for the heavenly dimension. And these parents know who I am and what I do and mm -hmm. such. And just being with these beautiful children and um, being with them at the very last moments of their earthly lives mm -hmm. and such. And I, you know, I take, so I take my guitar and stuff, animals and such like that. And, I talk to the children about angels if they're able to speak and such like that. I always tell the children that I'm only there to walk them part of the way, going to this most beautiful, beautiful park to paradise where they can run, where they can be with other children, where they're not in hospitals. There's no more needles. There's no more doctors, mm -hmm. nothing like that, but a place where it's fun. It is so much fun. You can play with dogs and cats and horses and, and snakes if you want to. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, 
And so at many, many, many times, the children will ask me, tell me about my angel. Oh, wow. About the angel who's coming to get me. Mm-hmm. And just talking to these children about these beautiful angels. And I have seen angels come and get these children. Mm-hmm. And some of their parents have also. Some of the parents have experienced seeing beautiful angels coming them, coming to them. I remember this little boy, and um, he said, Robert, there's an angel. And I could tell because their breathing becomes very erratic mm-hmm. when ready to call them home and such. And sometimes there's a bright flash of light. The children have seen that. Their parents have seen that mm-hmm. at times also. And, and one time this little boy said, he doesn't have any wings. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I know. I said, some have wings and others don't. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other times when these children have all been like to St. Jude's or have been to a children's hospital, okay? Mm-hmm. Both of them have undergone chemotherapy. So what I do, I always shave my head, <laughs> shave my brows completely. Mm-hmm. And then I start patting my head and, oh, bald, you know. So, <laughs> I, and, uh, so I, want, I want them to feel comfortable with me. And that hair is not important at yeah. all. Yeah. Important, you know. And but just being with these children and being with them and assisting them uh, to cross over and also being with their parents, assisting them going through the grieving, the stages of grief and such like that. And so I could talk again till the cows come home with beautiful children in my experiences. Um, So that's another thing that I do within the field. Also, that I do past life regression. Oh, okay. And I have used that in my own private practice. Yes, I have a master's degree in forensic psychology and clinical social work. I was a criminal profiler for 30 plus years besides having my own private practice. And And how I learned past life regression was from um, in this this association that I was with uh, through my private practice is that the the psychiatrist, Denise, uh, she was from Jamaica. So she had that wonderful Jamaican spirituality Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like that. And so she, so she regressed me. I always knew that I lived many lives and it was truly a dichotomy from, from one life to another. Mm -hmm. I lived the debauchery. I live, I lived as a Franciscan monk in a monastery. I during the days of Little House in the Prairie, okay. Interesting. And but I learned my lesson in life. I won't have to come back again. Thank God, because I'm an old. <laughs> you made it <laughs> you through. I mean? Yeah, and uh, but anyhow, so past life regression is very important to me. Mm-hmm. I also view inside, but again, but again, it's not all about me. It's about sharing my experiences with our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm that you know that that really need assistance and need help and such like that and when i do a residential it's been a long time since i've been since i've done since i've been on a residential that i always take time with the families always take time i'm in no hurry mm-hmm. i don't like to be told i don't like to be you know somebody reaches out to me and says robert um something's going on i just stop let me tell you what's going on yeah. you know what i mean? <laughs> I, I don't want to be skewed by anything, right? Yeah. And a, a lot of times what I do when I meet them is that I will turn my back to them because, and I explained it to them, it's not that I'm trying to be rude. I don't want to read your body language. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Not at all, mm-hmm. okay? So transparent about that, okay? And, um, and usually more times than not that someone will experience the paranormal when there's something going on emotionally with them yeah. inside the home, it could, it's a traumatic, you know, all that energy, right? Yeah. And so it could, be a, it could be a suicide. It could be a change of job. It could be, it could be a million things, right? That will, uh, that will cause a paranormal or cause the spirit world to come alive. It could be the land itself. It could be just a lot of things. And I know that a lot of people have reached out to me and said, Robert, 
that they had called they had called the psychic medium in past to intuitive and such right and but the first thing that comes out of their mouth is i need 50 dollars yeah. or i need the dollars yeah. i tell those folks and my brothers and sisters please if you ever hear that mm-hmm. hang up on them yeah hang up on them okay because they're not doing doing it for the right reason granted we all have to make a buck and when people have reached out to me, they said, Robert, how much do you charge? And I said, listen, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. It's up to you. If you want to give me something, that's fine. But but if you want to say a prayer for me, that's even better. That's even better that, that, that I'm there to help them. That's the and ultimate so, payment. Yeah. Exactly. And there's so many damn scammers out there <laughs> that just me nuts. I just you got know? a email from a school that told me that if I took their class, they have all kinds of paranormal classes and they showed how much money paranormal investigators make. And all. I'm like, uh, no, we're not making 60 grand a year. Podcasters don't even oh make God, any money. Yeah, Come on now. I, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> sign me up. Right. <laughs> right. Do you know, and also my paranormal brothers and sisters, please don't be taken in by these online courses yeah. to get you a certificate. That certificate doesn't mean shit. <laughs> As I say, I got my paratorchology certificate right over there. <laughs> and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. All these people want to make money off of you. When I see people who have gone online to become demonologists, oh my god! Oh, don't get me started, Robert. Don't oh get me god. started. I would have oh fired god. up right here. Me? Are you kidding me? Oh, sweet mother of Jesus. <laughs> you know, it drives me nuts, yes. you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and speaking about that, is that I have been involved in two exorcisms mm-hmm. sanctioned by the Catholic Archdiocese of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And these people reached out to me. They had no idea who I was. They heard of me through other people. And what I experienced was incredible. Mm-hmm. Thing about the Catholic Church is that the church always makes sure that these people are not psychiatrically ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Protestant brothers and sisters, God bless them. But when they do deliverances on these poor people that are no more possessed than Santa Claus is, <laughs> it just drives me nuts. Yeah. It does, you know, and, and there's so many charlatans out there, so many charlatans out there. You know, they're living off the backs of these people who need assistance. They need to go into alcohol or drug treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are schizophrenics. They are, you know, all sorts of things, you know, but just but just being involved. And have I ever performed an exorcist? No. And I keep saying that people said, oh, Robert, you must be an exorcist. No, I'm not. I am not. I have mm-hmm. never professed to be an exorcist. Never. I would the priest in the prayers, Mm -hmm. being with ones who I had brought to the church's attention. They asked me if I could stay there with them. Mm -hmm. And of course, the person like with Kevin, Kevin needed my assistance. He reached out to me. That's a whole nother story that we could talk about till the cows come home too. And Vivian also. Vivian's story is different because Vivian's was raised in a satanic cult really oh my gosh and when she was nine years old she was raped and she got pregnant and her family one of the people inside the satanic cult here in illinois about five hours from me south that there was a doctor in that cult and so he performed the abortion Mm -hmm. could you imagine a young girl that oh yeah you know and then and then again at, at 13 she was raped and she got and she was pregnant and she had a, they forced her to have another abortion one thing with vivian vivian was psychiatrically ill because of what happened to her all oh, for all those yeah. years right so what we had to do is that we had to integrate four of her fractured as they say personalities i could go into more detail about that but i'll just use the words that most people will know split or fractured right Mm -hmm. we had to integrate four of the uh fractured personalities but we had to keep one of them separate and that one was the one that was possessed oh Oh, wow 
It's so interesting because, you know, with your background, um, you know, in your training, you know, how do you balance the scientific or the, um, you know, the educational aspect of it versus the spiritual? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you're coming from both, both kind of Mm -hmm. angles here. So you have this like unique perspective on it. Right. But what it is, is that I combine my forensic psychology and clinical social work experience and education, along with being a psychic medium, and it works out beautifully. Mm -hmm. It really does. When I meet with someone, I talk to them thoroughly, like I said, if I had any inkling at all that they are psychiatrically ill, I will tell them in a heartbeat, I really, really will. I will. You know what I mean? And, um, and, and, and so that's what kind of separates me from other psychic mediums. It doesn't make me any better or any, you know, any greater or any less than anyone else within the field, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, having those four things that I combine, they work beautifully together. In my life, they work beautifully together. They can, do. Can somebody have a mental illness and also have a spiritual attachment? Oh, very much so, yes. Mm-hmm. There's a fine line fine line um, about that also there is you know mm-hmm. and so okay, well which comes first you know is the spiritual attachment is that causing the mental illness or is the mental illness causing the spiritual attachment chicken and the egg right yeah. that's very mm-hmm. very correct yeah. it is yeah you know and, and so I, you know what I do also when I do a lot of public and private events, I always bring an onion, and I should have today, and I'm sorry. Um, and an onion has what? Many layers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So we have to start peeling back the layers to get to the core of the situation and getting to the core of the situation. Then you can begin to do what we need to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Robert, we want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, sorry we have to cut it so short. Much. We could go okay. for hours, which we we definitely Please have to have you back. come back. Please come back. <laughs> <laughs> we need you. <laughs> so yes, fascinating. Yes, like we well, normally we'd love to go down like 50 different rabbit holes <laughs> and, and get into the real woo woo stuff. I wish we had more time, but definitely. Yeah, we'll definitely you get you back. And once again, I know we mentioned it in the intro, but is how can people get a hold of you if they would like to? Okay. My telephone number is 309-213-0325, 309-213-0325. Also on Facebook, and somebody said, Robert, you need a page. Hell, I can't even do my Facebook page. Like, <laughs> I'll do you it know, for you. Another website. And hell, my last name is spelled R-I-G-H-I. You know, send me a friend request and such like that. Okay. And um, answer any of all questions if you need assistance. Um, I do a lot of traveling around the United States. And, you know, and volunteering in homeless shelters and soup kitchens, which is very, very important to me. And before I go, mm-hmm. my brothers and sisters always remember that we are spiritual beings in a physical body. And we and always remember to thine own self be true. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Yep. And like we always say at the end of the show, folks, please, please, please go up to our website. We have T-shirts for sale. It gives us gas money to go to conventions and to travel to meet people like Robert. And uh, we're going to leave you with the band 60 Second Crush playing the song Destructive. Goodbye, everyone. Bye now.